I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Deborah Cole. She's the author of She Believed She Could Do It, So She Did. Deborah Cole pulls from her own experience as a woman growing up in the South with the expectations and conformities placed upon her that never truly fit. Too constrictive and heavily influenced by an antiquated mentality that women should be ladylike, she pulls the reader through her struggles and triumphs to adapt and find your own space in business and life. Fighting for her own place at the table, she redefines a world in the South from the perspective of 35 Texas female business owners. Uh, Cole, a former business owner and leader, is a speaker, writer, and visual storyteller with years of experience leading teams and managing multi-million dollar projects while shifting her focus and lens to a documentary-style photographer and writer. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Nice to have you on today. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Great to have you. Okay, so she believes she could do it, so she did. A lot of what's written in your book, obviously, for particularly women of our generation, is very familiar. Uh, the fact of uh, that women have to be ladylike, they have to do the right thing. I think one of the things you said in the book was uh, that you uh, talk too much. I remember that. I was told that all the time, and I'm still talking. So let's, <laughs> let's start with let's just start with that. Um, why write this book, and why write it now? And also. Let's. Why? You know, how did you choose these thirty-five Texas women? Because they're all very different in terms of age, ethnicity, and uh, the businesses, the entrepreneurial businesses that they've been involved in. Right, right, right. Um, great questions. Uh, why now? Uh, I had owned my own business for thirty-five years. Uh, it, I was in a male-dominated industry and experienced from time to time. Some of the um, comments and questions and concerns that people had about me from the point of um, even saying, oh, you're president of this national organization now. Can you, can you do it? Uh, we noticed you're pregnant. And things like that don't seem to happen as much anymore, but they still do. Maybe now so they're a little more I insidious. Company, I mean, you're, the examples that you give in the book are, you know, that's that's blatant. That's out front. Oh, you're pregnant. I, I'm not sure how that affects your brain, but that's a, that's something else. <laughs> I think that some of the comments and some of the responses and the attitudes perhaps are more insidious, but they still exist. So, they still exist. That's right. Yeah, they still exist. And yes, it is different. And, you know, I thought your book is about women in Texas. And I think about, well, women in New York, are they different? We have a different attitude. We're more liberal. I, I'm not sure that that's true. Uh, no, no, yeah. not necessarily. I, I, think it's, I think it's across the board. I think people are much more aware and more sensitive now. Um, but I felt like one of the things I could do after I left my business, was find ways to support women. And support, yes. And you asked the question, how did I uh, come to choose the women? The women were, I wanted to be as diverse as possible to choose a wide range of women, whether it was age, um, race, um, socioeconomic background, all, all kinds of things. And so I just started looking in my circle of friends as well as in 
organizations that I belong to and found a fantastic group of women. And and so in this book, you're telling their stories. And obviously, we're not going to yes. tell all of their stories, and we don't want to because you want them to get the book. But I sort I picked out one of the women that I thought was interesting that I wanted you to talk about was the, the one who had created a business that had to do with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. And it called the yes. Legacy. It was a uh, Doggies for Dementia, I guess. Um, <laughs> And uh, which was very unique. Um, and uh, so let's yes. talk about her story because we don't have a lot of time and it'll sort of whet yeah. people's appetites for maybe the other 34 Texas women and the, <laughs> how they were able to accomplish what they were able to accomplish. Yes. Yeah. Car- Carmen, Carmen is an amazing woman. She um, is a nurse practitioner by training, also a photographer. But as a nurse practitioner, she dealt with a lot of families that had dementia, there was dementia in their family, and so she wanted to spend the rest of her life not just serving them, but serving their families, telling their stories, and bringing out, bringing dementia to light. And she did, yeah, uh, well, she did this in a new unique way, I would say, and you can go on to her she, website, yes. uh, uh, taking photographs of these uh, wi- of uh, these families and uh, their loved yes. one who has dementia and creating a story around them uh, for, yes. yeah, for memories. And I also think that, talk about, because I think her business has also just kind of taken off right into other areas. She has a foundation. She's done, you know, after creating this business, a lot of other things happen and her contribution to families with uh, with loved ones who have dementia are able to turn to the foundation. Yes. Uh, exactly. Well, and it's, it's when we become aware, when we bring things to light, when we start to examine, we start to consider, we talk about them, then they're not so scary anymore. And so uh, dementia is one of those. It's one of those um, diseases that is affecting more and more people and making it easy to talk about it is what's very important to Carmen. Yeah. Well, and as the aging population, uh, the statistics and the numbers, speaking as a social worker, have are increasing, unfortunately, every year. So we have a huge population of, of right. uh, individuals, aging individuals who suffer from dementia yeah. and then specifically uh, Alzheimer's, which is uh, a form of dementia, right? So very yeah. creative. Right. I think, do you think that's very also a... I'm going to label it as a feminine business, that that's something maybe special that this, that a woman can add to that, that sort of, there's a, a nurturing quality to the whole thing. Um, mm. Not I, sure that. Well, I, yeah, I'm not sure I would just label it as women because I'm going to defend men here and say that men have that same nurturing quality that we women do. But I do think it's easier for women to, um, Bring up, bring up those passions, those those loves, those concerns. It's a little easier for us still, and that's that's another barrier to be broken through is for men to be able to show their vulnerable side, to show that that divine feminine side. So it's um, it. I, I think for any person, uh, women specifically, 
looking to follow a passion. It's, it's sort of looking within what feeds us, what feeds our soul, and how can we use that to help others. And I think that's what obviously you've illustrated in the book with these, uh, the, with, with these, with these women. Um, but yeah. one of the things that you mentioned, you say the past, and we're talking about professional autonomy and being able to accomplish this as a woman and the barriers that are still in place. But, uh, you mentioned that it is not a linear journey, and I think that's really important. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I think sometimes that's the expectation. When that goes wrong, we give up. Not just women, men too. Yes. But it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, talk to us about that because it definitely is not well, a linear journey. No, but I think um, at least in my generation, the way I was raised, sixties um, and seventies, was that um, high school, college possibly graduate degree, profession, and it starts even in high school when people, or or younger, when people say, what are you going to do when you grow up? That's as though you've got to plot your path, and it's not got to change for the rest of your life. And one of the things I taught my kids, my girls, was look for things, try something out, see if it fits, try it on, and if it doesn't, then feel free to discard it. Feel free to uh, examine and say, what about this wasn't working or didn't I like? What was it that didn't seem to fit? And so our lives aren't linear. And, you know, the best laid plans, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's important to plan, but then being willing to or open to opportunities. Because I think the universe sometimes has far better plans than we could ever imagine So, in other words, we need goals, obviously, but in order to reach that goal, there are several or many paths, some that we don't choose to take, but we're forced to take. Uh, I I think you give an example of one of the women in the book who has a business and then opened the business and, you know, and two years later or a year later, COVID happens. Well, she didn't expect that. None none of us did. But how are you going to navigate that? And there are yes. a lot of and COVIDs it, it, in our lives. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Well said. Well, that's one thing that happened with a lot of these women because I was doing the interviewing during early COVID. And so how they dealt with things just spoke to the resilience of these women. What about mentoring? That mentoring, the word yeah. mentoring keeps coming up. And then I've had guests yeah. on my yeah, show say, well, women don't necessarily want to mentor because they feel that it's, if they mentor somebody, they're going to end up taking their place in the business. And, and uh, th- that's mm-hmm. an issue. So they kind of stay away from mentoring. But um, your experience yes. with mentoring and with these women and mentoring. Is, is, not, is not the case. I think when, when we're, led by fear, this is a personal belief, when we're led by fear and fear-based decisions, uh, that's, that's just not the best way to go. To go. It's, um, it's when we're led through our, our personal passions, our love, our interest, and part of, part of that is sharing. Uh, I'm very fortunate, even though I didn't have any female mentors early in my business, I had a lot of males because there weren't very many women, if any, at least locally in the business, but nationally there might be one or two, but um, yeah, mentoring is so important. So important. I think mentoring is key even today where women supposedly are allowed into certain clubs or 
golf for organizations, but they're really yes. not. That mentoring <laughs> can <laughs> can take that. <laughs> really not. Yeah. Um, can be somewhat of a substitute or an addition to or, or, or whatever, but so that it really is key in mentoring young girls, young young women. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the good news is that I've found a lot of um, college programs now that are focusing on entrepreneurship for women. And so that's a good thing. That didn't exist when I was doing my graduate work. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm glad you brought that up because I graduated undergraduate Boston University Graduate School, the University of Albany, and both those schools are constantly asking alumni for uh, asking them if they want to be mentors in their particular field mm-hmm. to students, and mm-hmm. uh, which uh, and obviously that's just two schools. So I think, as you say, it's happening across the the country. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, in fact, um, here in Austin, Texas, at the University of Texas, there is uh, the Kendra Scott Women's Institute for Leadership, and the sole purpose is to mentor women as they um, develop businesses, as they grow a business, uh, and so that's that's the focus, and that's uh, one of the women in the book is part of that, and so that's really encouraging. Well, it's really key because it's not just starting a business, but one has to get funding for a business. And traditionally, it's been easier for men to get funding for their businesses that they uh, and women have to kind of, I think, in some ways, prove themselves yes. have more than men do. And I'm, I don't mean I'm not bashing men by any means. I have no, three no, sons. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. It's just the reality. It's just how things have, how, how things have been. And, and, you know, we go along, you look back at old documentaries of the 50s, and we're shocked at how, oh, things couldn't have happened like that. People didn't say those things. People didn't do those things. Well, yes, they did. And, and in my lifetime, women couldn't get loans at banks. Women couldn't open a checking account without their husband's signature. They couldn't have credit without their husband's signature. You know, and, but, you know, really? That, oh. That's horrible. Well, you know, it just, it takes time, but I think it takes awareness first. And so part of um, my purpose in the book is not just bringing awareness, but it's highlighting the fact that, yes, 40% of the businesses in the U.S. are owned by women, but nobody really knows that. Well, that's key. I think that's really, I'm I'm glad you mentioned it because I think this is, we only have a couple minutes left and and it's good to be left with that. It's one thing to be aware, but then people have to first then act on it, know about it. And if uh, you're talking about 40% of these businesses are owned by women. Yeah. How many people, how many, how many of us do know that? So of course, bringing out these Mm -hmm. inspirational stories, I'll call them of these 35 women Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs does just that. Um, Deborah, give us a website uh, and or websites that we can go to to get more information about the book and if if there are any other websites for any of these women's businesses that you want to mention, go ahead. Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) Well, my my website is www.debracoleconnections, plural, .com and uh, they can read more about the book, uh, order a book, um, it's also on Amazon, but um, I'm a little faster and a little cheaper. Um, and the women, gosh, I hate to just mention one because they all have fantastic websites, but if you buy the book, then you can have access, access to their, their websites. websites. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks There's so much for being on the one. show today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 